Kankakee Podcast is presented by Pewter Pros, Stitch Prints, and Digital World Design Family of Businesses, celebrating 25 years of small business ownership in Kankakee County. Learn more at mypewterpros.com, stitchprints.com, and digitalworlddesign.com. Thankful for the way these stories hold on To the lifetime we won't get back, I know These rivers carry Hello and welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and today we are joined by Giovanni McEastland, known as Gio, mostly. He is a junior executive trainee for Nickelodeon Animation Talent Development Programs and Artist Management Department in California. He is a Kankakee native he is living proof, as he said, that you can develop your creative self in your hometown. And he kind of told me this before we started. You don't have to go to a big city to actually start developing yourself. You can start doing that in your hometown. And Gio, welcome to Kankakee Podcast. Awesome, Jake. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a privilege. I was so excited when you reached out because mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, this is right up our alley. We haven't had, honestly, we haven't had enough people on the podcast yet that are living elsewhere in the country and doing amazing things. So this is, I feel like, our one of our first episodes where we're really sitting down with someone and hearing their story of how they grew up in the Kankakee area, and now they do incredibly awesome things in other parts of the world. So you're kind of the the first one on the podcast to do that. And I think you were the the perfect person to to kick that off. So first, yeah, let's talk about where life began for Gio. (laughs) I jokingly say life began with with my mother and father under a sycamore tree. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the birds and the bees, we'll explain. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Let that take care of itself, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, some of my earlier memories, uh, just growing up right there, smack dab in Kankakee or in Harrison Street. I was a part of the Montessori program over at Lincoln Cultural Center, magnet in arts very early, uh, maybe second or third grade, right? So it's always definitely always been an interest of mine. I was very uh, fortunate to have parents who were supportive of my interest, right? And kind of found avenues and ways for me to be able to, uh, you know, learn, 
learn ultimately. Learn, try, fail. That's most important to be able to fail and still have that support. So I would say, yeah, some of my first memories are right there in the hallway of a Lincoln Cultural Center. <laughs> That's awesome. So then you ended up, because I know you're a graduate of BBCHS. Mm-hmm. So you guys ended up moving to Bradley or Bourbonnais somewhere in there. Yeah, we ended up uh, moving out of Bourbonnais right before I started high school. And uh, it was a no-brainer. I wanted to be a Boilermaker. When I, when I visited the school, I loved everything about it. You know, I loved how large it was. I loved that it had one of the larger populations in our county. And I thought that that would give me an opportunity to really see what I was capable of. I mean, kind of like where I fell in the social class of things. And it was a great, great experience. Yeah. Actually, maybe I got a little bit ahead. I do. I'm curious to know a little bit more about... Montessori at Lincoln Cultural Center and things like that. I've always been curious as to what going through Montessori or through Magnet at Kankakee was like, just because sometimes it it sounds, I guess I've just never heard much about it. Um, so I'm just wanting to know more. Uh, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm an advocate for it. If anyone has the opportunity to place their kids in a Montessori, or magnet program. Um, I'm an advocate. There are pathways, right, uh, based off uh, each major department or arithmetic, you know. So you can choose art for your child. You can choose math, science, English, etc. right? And then they break the school days down uh, proportionally into time durations, but the chunk of the child's study time will be in whichever subject the parent chose, right? So I might spend, you know, 30 minutes in each each subject, but if my parents chose art for me, then they would give me an hour and 15 to, to work in that subject. So mm, you kind of focus, you that, magnet on something, you know? Okay, so is that what you ended up doing then? Was it art for you then? Yeah, it was art for me, yeah. Okay. Yep. And I remember distinctly asking my mother, like, can I please do the art? Because she was like, hey, maybe you want to do English. You, you can articulate well and you write pretty strongly. Maybe you should try English. And I said, I'm an artist. Right. So uh, <laughs> she gave me she let me go. She let me go. <laughs> so what kind of art then were you creating? So it was interdisciplinary, right? So we would have like chapters. So we would still do like the basics of school. So we would study the Renaissance and history, right? So then they would give us Renaissance creative project to kind of make our own broken murals. Or we would uh, create our own shields based off our family crest, you know? And then ultimately we had two two performances in the Lincoln Culture Center Theater where we would actually, you know, put on a production as middle schoolers. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember those productions? What were you, what, what was your part in those productions? So I don't remember in grand detail, but I do have this very, very, like I remember sitting on the front row. I was on the front row and when we got done singing, we stood up and it was like six of us. And I brought parents and our friends, friends and family in this theater, which is a pretty good sized theater for a middle school or high school over at LCC. They all applauded. Yeah, it's huge. 
And the feeling that I had in my belly when all that applause, like, oh, I just figured out what I'm going to do for here on out. Like that feeling right there was, that was it. I had the bug. It stuck to me. Yeah, you never forget those those first times where you finally found what you love. It sticks with those moments just stick with you forever. You're like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I've I've found it. And I think we actually end up having those moments at like the age you said, like middle school age. I feel like that happens a lot more than we realize, even if it takes us years to come kind of like full circle into that moment and get it. You know, we might not get to it right away, but eventually it's like I'm 40 years old, let's say not me, but in general, let's say, for example, someone's 40 years old (laughs) and they're finally doing the thing that they actually were doing when they were 12 or 13. You know, it's cool how some sometimes those things come full, full circle. So going forward, I guess a little bit, you know, you go to BBCHS and what happens uh, at BBCHS for you? Where do you, I imagine you're involved in art there, but also you had mentioned uh, their media department, right? Yeah. So as soon as I got into BB, I was really excited because it was a mixture of, you know, all the middle school so I had friends from all over the county that were all meeting up for high school. Um, I really enjoyed the population. I think my freshman year we had like 956 kids in our in our freshman class alone. So the student population was maybe like 3,3500 at the time. Uh, so there's a lot of personalities and a lot of backgrounds, right, that you're exposed to and you can learn from. I immediately hit the ground running, joining every single club that I could. I was part of the D.A.R.E. program. I was part of the SAD program. Students Against Drunk Driving. Uh, later would be on prom court. I really did it all. Um, but most really stuck out was uh, the communications department at BBCHS. At the time, it was being ran by uh, Mr. Ryan and Ms. Kirkman. This was an opportunity for students to create their own content. And then it would air every Wednesday or Friday to the entire student population. Right. And it was mandated. So kind of everyone had to watch it. Right. Whether they wanted to or not. <laughs> yes. That was always the best, in my opinion. It was like, ha, you have to watch something that I made. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> so with that, it was a platform. Right. Immediately, it made the faces that were on the screen recognizable. And it kind of was an incubator for me to realize, oh, this is how it works, you know at the higher levels, right? It's going to be similar to this. We need to tell, tell about new programs, uh, new rules, hallway, etiquette, et cetera. But I wanted to go the extra mile and make it entertaining. So we actually created kind of like an SNL in living color, if you would, approach. And I would become a different character every week to give the announcements. <laughs> uh, so one character that really sticks out to me is a librarian named Miss Coco. She's kind of BBCHS's version of uh, Medea, Tyler Perry's Medea. So I would dress up as a librarian lady. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and all I you had to say, new... and I'm just, I'm just already picturing how, why, do you have a, I'm sure you've got footage of that, right? Somewhere. 
Yeah, I think there's still photos up in the BBCHS library uh, That's today. Great. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> so fast yep. forwarding a little bit. I, how how in the world did you end up out in California working for for Nickelodeon in their animation department? How did that come about? Because that's huge. So it it was a snowball effect, and, and and it is a great opportunity, and I'm very very happy with it. It was a snowball effect. Actually, by the time I left the communications department, no, by the time I was a sophomore in high school, I had already had an entire reel because of being a part of that communications department. So I submitted that reel along with my transcripts to the University of Southern California. And they accepted me into their theater. And um, I spent the summer in an accredited conservatory at USC, right? So that exposed me to California at 15. And then I had to come back to BBCHS and finish high school, which was the worst at that point, right? I had already been exposed to the sunshine and the beach. Right? <laughs> oh, man. That would, yeah. be the, oh, that would be so hard to come back. <laughs> I'm like playing pickup ball with Lil Romeo and DeMar DeRozan. And then six weeks later, I'm back in PE, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, man, I got to get the heck out of here and get back to the sunny California. Yeah. So it was a it was a road. It was a journey, I would say. But I got an opportunity through a friend to work as a writer's assistant at CBS. And while there, I met my current boss, Amanda Allen Clark. She's the director of talent development. And I also met Camille Eden, who's the vice president of recruiting. We stayed in contact for about four years and they were at Disney at the time. And uh, yeah, when they made the hop over to Nick, they pulled me. It was really just right place, right time, kind of serendipitous, if you will. Serendipitous. It just happened. It was a blessing. So when you came back to finish high school, then when did you graduate? Mm -hmm. You ended up graduating. 2010. 2010. And then pretty much you went back to California after that? Um, Yeah, I did study brief. I studied briefly at a Columbia College, Chicago, in arts management, you know, kind of staying in that realm, but wanted to also play it safe so I could get a job just in case I didn't make it. And uh, while I was studying there, you know, they called me out. So I actually just left Illinois altogether, moved on out to California. (laughs) So what exactly are you doing then in your position in talent development and and artist Mm -hmm. management what is the day-to-day like then for you so like in my mind i picture is that going through like casting or is it going through like the people that have already been hired or casted for certain things and you're just kind of like helping them develop their skills and how does that work (laughs) is that the uh a mouthful, right? The title's pretty long, lengthy there, but it's a it's a cross it's a cross functional position. So I'm actually working within two departments. Um, when I'm working with the talent development side of things, we are seeking to develop tomorrow's talent, as well as some of our greener talent currently working with the company, right? So I'm actually building agendas and I'm traveling often 
on the company behalf and speaking at panels and conferences and events at different colleges and, you know, formulating and fostering relationships with colleges such as Harvard, USC, UCLA, Cal Berkeley, you name it. Yeah, that's pretty much what the talent development is doing. And then if there is a talent who's a career, right, we're going to work closely with them to make sure that they are developing to meet the trajectory that they're hoping for. Now, um, the artist management side of things, we assist artists who are already internal artists, right? They've been here for a while. But say you are a storyboard artist on SpongeBob, but you have an idea to create your own television show. You want to become a showrunner. Us in the artist artist management department, what we would do is assist you in forming those connections. We call it Nick working, right? We would Nick work you internally (laughs) with someone who. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Yeah, we would working. Yeah, Nick working and Nick turns, right? Not interns, Nick turns. Uh, <laughs> everything's Nick. Yeah, we gotta, everything, man. We, we got to Nickify everything, Jake. We got to Nickify everything. Yeah, it's like McDonald's. Everything's Mick, right? You know, Mick, this, right? Mick that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we would uh, we would assist you in connecting with someone who's done it successfully within the company and kind of guide you along the correct way to, to manage you along with advancing your career. Mm-hmm. That's so currently I've been working on uh, the SpongeBob series, Loud House, the Avatar Airbender, Baby Shark. Yep. <laughs> Is Baby Shark still going strong? Baby Shark's going strong. Listen, yeah. Jake, Baby Shark ain't going nowhere. Oh, I think I think Baby Shark is here to stay. I need to figure out how to get some stock over there. <laughs> Baby Shark yeah, is here I'm to sure, stay. I'm sure parents that are listening right now are just like they're just starting to cry. They're just they're tearing up. They're like, man, I can't take any more of it. No more. No more. I think Baby the song Shark. has already. I'm pretty sure this. Pretty sure the song's double platinum. Oh, it has to be. Baby Shark might have a Grammy. Quadruple. Yeah, man. Grammys. Every year, there's going to be a Grammy nomination for Baby Shark. Just every year. Oh, man. Fun fact. Fun fact, Jake. You want to know who has the most hits? Sesame Street. Oh, out of any, like, like TV show? I mean, they might be competing with Drake. What? No. No way. They have Dude. over 33 seasons, and every single tra- soundtrack from each season goes gold. That's like Mariah. That's like Mariah Carey Christmas numbers. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I did not realize that. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, Sesame Street's an American staple. Actually, more like a worldwide it staple. Is. I feel like. Absolutely. Um, so once in a while, you do get to be in front of the camera, though, and you get to be in some commercials mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm sure that just goes mm-hmm. th- those probably those opportunities come up just because you end up net or Nick working or, you know, you have friends <laughs> in the industry that are shooting commercials for such and such people. And that's how you get in front of the camera. I'm not really I'm just assuming I. You can tell me differently, but. Yeah, I mean, I, most opportunities, I do have an agent. Um, I am signed with an 
a talent agent. However, most of my paid opportunities have just come through word of mouth from a friend. Um, and again, just right place, right time. Um, this is kind of like catching lightning in a bottle when you find any success in the entertainment industry. It, you can't really calculate it. You just got to keep grinding it out, hoping for the best. And one day it'll, it'll happen for you. You know, that, that I will promise. It will happen if you put in the time. And, and you really credit your success now to your beginnings here in your hometown. And how, how specifically do you want to spread that message across to people? Um, well, I feel like oftentimes entertainers and creators feel like they have to rush to the big city uh, to develop. But I think learning who you are and where you come from and the experiences around you, they kind of give you an organic identity. And that organic identity is what you're going to be able to bottle up and sell when you do get to the big leagues, right? So if you rush out of your development process, which is spending time with your friends and family, playing outside, those, those everyday activities that help you develop as a person, then you may be premature when you get to an opportunity that presents itself. So I don't think you need to rush to a big city. I think when it's time, it'll just happen. Right. But you want to be fully who you are before you get there. Or we've seen it so many times where people self-destruct. They're not sure who they are just yet. You know? Yes. And And that's what Kankakee County did for me. Mm -hmm. And right. You're you're very proud of where you're from. And and I know (laughs) that you put out there that, hey, I'm always repping that I'm. I'm from Kankakee, Illinois, Mm -hmm. and you probably place that. And it's really cool to see that. And it really does prove a point that you don't necessarily want to go to a big city and completely disassociate your identity, your Mm -hmm. where you're actually from, because that's what makes you different than the next guy in line for that next project that both of you want. Mm -hmm. So yeah. maybe they're looking for that Kankakee, Illinois spirit in the next, you know. Absolutely. I'm sure they are. <laughs> I'm sure they are. You know, in, that, in that Nick project or whatever it might be. So I'm really glad that um, that's something that you, you rep. Yeah. Funny thing is just continuing to champion back home. I was living out here in Los Angeles for a couple of years with my daughter. Right. And trying to get on some commercials, trying to get on some TV shows as a side hustle, you know, wasn't really getting much traction. And the first callback that I did get was for a Walmart commercial, but it was all the way back home in Illinois, actually filming in Wheaton, Warrenville. Huh. Right. So me and my daughter, we traveled back to uh, Illinois to Wheaton, Warrenville high school. And we filmed this Walmart commercial. It ended up being national super halftime super bowl commercial in 2020 and then it ended up going international for olympic opening games for 2021 so you know that one day of work that me and my daughter did it assisted in initially beginning to create generational wealth for her as she's now only five years old right and you know the compensation goes for a few calendar years at a time depending so um, i don't know what other industry i would be able to do that you know 
Be a, right. Yeah, exactly. Because, right, how does that work? You Obviously, you get paid initially, but then there's, what, residuals mm-hmm. for every time it's shown, right? Something like that? How mm-hmm. does that work? Yeah. Yeah, so you get a, you get a day-based rate, right? And then you're going to get a residual for every time it's shown across any platform. So if it's on TV, that's one sector. If it's on YouTube, that's another sector. Company website, Instagram, right? So one one single commercial, if it's playing on all across all platforms, you know that might be five to seven residual sectors that you know you could be compensated out of. Mm-hmm. And we're talking Walmart here, so <laughs> I mean that's we're talking Walmart. We're talking halftime Super Bowl. Right. And halftime Super Bowl, right? <laughs> talking, I mean, about it's huge. That's Olympic huge. opening games. Yeah, it's different, oh man. Gosh. But doesn't doesn't get much doesn't get much bigger than that. So good, good for you. That's that's incredible. I mean, you should you got to be so proud. Yeah, very proud of the opportunity to be able to take my kid to work. Right? How many how many times do does a parent get to go to work with their child? Right? And true, and it was really fun. It was really fun having her there. She loves it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I do I do have to pick up my son in about five minutes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so unfortunately I wouldn't uh, I'm not able to go as, as long as I wanted to with you because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's so you have must have so many stories in the line of work that you do. <laughs> but to kind of wrap this yeah. up, is there anything else you wanna get out there uh, or share about your story so far? No, I would just echo that, um, you know, developing where you are and meeting yourself where you are is, is okay. Uh, giving yourself grace to develop as a creative in a small town is more than okay. Um, and for people who come from underrepresented backgrounds who may not have you know, many opportunities to create generational wealth. Um, I think that the entertainment industry is one um, that definitely will offer that if you're willing to put the work and the time in. That's all I got, Jake. That's great. And yeah, it, it's your, your, you are living proof that you can make better of yourself and of your, for your family, your generation, your race, just everything that, that you can rise up mm-hmm. yeah absolutely go boilermakers <laughs> <laughs> go boilermakers go kankakee and thanks for repping us out in california absolutely well that wraps up this episode of kankakee podcast i'm jake lamore thank you so much for listening kankakee podcast is proudly presented by pewter pros stitch prints and digital world design family of businesses celebrating 25 years of small business ownership in kankakee county you can learn more at mypewterpros.com stitchprints.com and digitalworlddesign.com also, a special thank you to our patrons for helping make this episode possible, including Lori Cracho, Karen Bishop, Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Veronica Featherston, John Sullivan, Sue Hornung, Samantha Rognowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Dawn Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, 
Carrie O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Berry, Anthony Vicelli, Eric Olson, Nolan Bukowski, Natalie Flagel, Carl Earps, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Dreenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. To become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com, then click on the Patron tab. If you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode of Kankakee Podcast. There's also access to extended versions of episodes, video versions, and much more. Our theme song is written and performed by Lupe Carroll and recorded by Daniel Bishop. This river can